perpetual traveller through the Bible. Please join me for this bird's eye view of the scriptures. Stay as long as you like and let us together discover a bit more about the Bible from the beginning to the end. In the last podcast, we concluded our brief survey of the Old Testament. The Old Testament fulfills its purpose to prepare us for the truth that we will finally receive in the New Testament. And the whole Bible's purpose is to make us become what God intended us to be in Jesus Christ. Hopefully, if you have been following me throughout these podcasts, you might begin to see how together the Old and the New Testament point to Jesus. Now we are starting with the New Testament, and this episode is the first of two parts that I have titled The Four Faces of Christ. I'm sure you might be wondering why I chose that particular title. By the end of this episode, I'm sure you will understand why. Way back in episode 2 of the series of the Bible, The Beginning to the End, I pointed out that the Old Testament is full of unfulfilled prophecy, an unexplained sacrifice, and unsatisfied longings. Now, when we finally come to the pages of the New Testament, we begin to read about the one who comes to fulfill these prophecies. We have an explanation of those unexplained sacrifices and satisfies the longing. The Lord Jesus is that one. The first five books of the New Testament have been called by some theologians the Pentateuch of the New Testament. If you remember, the Old Testament begins with five books, and that forms the Pentateuch. The word penta is the Greek word for five. The first division of the New Testament also consists of the first five books, the four Gospels and the Book of Acts. Now the Old Testament's purpose and its work of revelation is to prepare our hearts. The Old Testament can make you aware of what God can give you, much more than the New Testament, and it can make you hunger and thirst after these things. If you see some of the great truths that are hidden away in the stories of the Old Testament and the characters that are there, it can set your heart aflame and thirst for God. That is its purpose. The New Testament is therefore the book of realization, just as the Old Testament is the book of preparation. It is the supply for the need which the Old Testament creates in us. Our problem is that we are unaware of our need. We think we are okay and we are hardly aware of the great need in our life. The purpose of the whole of the Word of God is not so much to help us see God. It is that, and we never would know Him without that, but it is also to help us see ourselves. For when we see ourselves as we really are, Then in our hearts comes a desire for the only one who can meet our needs, and that is God himself. Now, as an example of the wonderful ability of the Old Testament to prepare us for the New Testament, we are going to discover the fact that you cannot understand the four Gospels unless you see what the Old Testament says about them. Did you know that the Old Testament speaks about the four Gospels? 
Of course, the Old Testament was written long before the New Testament ever began to be formed, and yet it speaks very clearly of the four Gospels in several ways. It is a preparation for our understanding of why we have the four Gospels. This is the question that is often asked. Why did the Holy Spirit move the writers of the Gospels to give us four pictures of Christ? Why not just have one? Bible scholars are always working at the task of harmonizing the Gospels. Sometimes you can get Bibles which have harmonies of the Gospels contained in them. These Bibles are trying to combine these four books and turn them into one. But if the Holy Spirit had wanted one, He would have produced one. God wanted four separate and unique Gospels, and I personally feel that it is not possible to harmonize the four Gospels, and that anyone attempting this is wasting their time. This is because each of the four Gospels are given for a special purpose. Way back in the book of Ezekiel, in the Old Testament, the prophet begins with a vision of God, and in that vision he saw God in a remarkable way. This vision can be found in Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1 through to 10. In the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Chibar Canal, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiachin, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans, by the Chibar Canal. And the hand of the Lord was upon him there. As I looked, behold, a stormy cloud came out of the north, and a great cloud with the brightness around it, and fire flashing forth continually, and in the midst of the fire, as it were, gleaming metal. And from the midst of it came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had a human likeness, but each had four faces. Each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the sole of a calf's foot. And they sparkled like burnished bronze. Under their wings on their four sides they had human hands. And the four had their faces and their wings thus. Their wings touched one another. Each one of them went straight forward without turning as they went. As for the fullness of their faces, each had a human face. The four had the face of a lion on the right side, the four had the face of an ox on the left side, and the four had the face of an eagle. Ezekiel saw a vision of the cherubim, mysterious flaming living beings that are found both in the Old and the New Testament. The Apostle John saw them in the book of Revelation. The prophet Isaiah saw them, as did Ezekiel. These creatures cannot be described completely, but are called the cherubim and sometimes the seraphim. Many theologians feel that they are not creatures at all, but they are manifestations of the character of God. They are simply attributes of God and have been personified for us, so that we can understand and grasp something of what God is like. 
Ezekiel brings his great book with this vision and he sees each cherubim as having four faces. One, the face of a lion, the other, the face of an ox, another, the face of a man, and another face, that of an eagle. Each of these four faces facing in four different directions. As the early Christians read the scriptures of the Old Testament, they began to understand what Ezekiel was saying. This was the picture of God manifested in Jesus Christ, who was coming to earth and would be made visible to men when the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. In other words, these are pictures of Christ, and they saw Him in these fourfold characteristics. The lion, of course, is the king of beasts, and this is the picture of Christ the king. The ox has always been the picture of the work animal, who serves man, and here they saw in Christ the picture of him as a servant. The man is a symbol of intelligence, and is the symbol of the humanity of Christ. The eagle is the bird that soars above the clouds, symbolizing the deity of Christ. In these four faces, the early Christians recognized the four Gospels. The Gospel of the King, the Gospel of the Servant, the Gospel of the Man or the Son of Man, and the Gospel of the Son of God. If you read the four Gospels carefully, you will see that indeed that each of these fit this pattern. Matthew is the gospel of the king, Mark the gospel of the servant, Luke the gospel of the son of man, and John the gospel of the son of God. These are four faces of Christ. Now in other parts of scripture, you will get a glimpse of the four gospels as well. In several books of the Old Testament, there is a term used to describe the coming of the Christ. He is referred to as the branch. As a branch, as part of a tree, so the coming of the Son of God into human life would be like the shooting forth of the life of God into humanity or the tree. In Scripture, the branch of Jesus is spoken of in four different ways. In Jeremiah 23 verses 5, it speaks of the branch as king. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In Zechariah 3 verses 8, it talks of the branch as a servant. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, you and your friends who sit before you, for they are men who are a sign. Behold, I will bring my servant the branch. In Zechariah 6 verses 12, the branch is man. And say to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, for he shall branch out from his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Finally, in Isaiah 4 verses 2, the branch as God or the Spirit. In that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. Once again in the Old Testament, 
you find this beautiful fourfold presentation made of Christ. Also, in four different times in the two books of the Old Testament, Isaiah and Zechariah, you will find an announcement is given. As these prophets, under the leading and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, looked into the coming centuries, they saw that someone, the Messiah, was coming. They were moved by the Lord God to proclaim His character with the words, Behold! You will find this word used in this context only four times and with four distinct characteristics. In Zechariah 9 verses 9, there is a great promise that includes the words, Behold your King! That is the promise of Jesus' great triumphal entry. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your King is coming to you, righteous, and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on the donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. In Isaiah 42 verses 1, the unique phrase, Behold my servant, is found. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Now before we go on, notice the careful use of pronouns. In Zechariah 9 verses 9, the pronoun is, Behold your king. And in Isaiah 42, the pronoun is, Behold my servant. In Zechariah 6 verses 12, it is, Behold the man. And say to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold the man whose name is the branch, for he shall branch out from his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Now these were the words that were unwittingly quoted by Pontius Pilate when he came out to the judgment seat in Jerusalem, and after examining Christ and pronouncing that there was no guilt in him, Pilate turned to the crowd and said, Behold the man, unwittingly fulfilling the scripture that was written 550 years earlier. Lastly, in Isaiah 40 verses 9, we can find the great pronouncement to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Isn't it amazing to discover how these four Gospels were also so especially relevant to the world of the first century Christians? In Matthew you have the gospel for the Jews, addressed to the nation Israel. In Mark, you have the gospel for the Roman mind, brief, concise, and concrete. The word quickly or immediately is used more in this gospel than any of the other three gospels. In Luke, you have the gospel for the Greek mind, the gospel concerned with humanity and the idolization of the human being or man. The Gospel of John is especially addressed to the Christian heart, the Gospel of the Son of God. The Old Testament is filled with pictures of the coming Messiah, like those prophecies of Isaiah, Jeremiah and Zechariah. 
The whole purpose of God's revelation through the Scriptures is to understand and see Jesus Christ. With the Spirit's help and reading, we can take that which was written for us and make it known to the world. So, in the Gospels, we have four faces of Christ. Christ as King, Christ as Servant, Christ as Man, and Christ as God. This is the message we need to take out to the world. This is David Wiles, your fellow traveler in Christ, and this has been the podcast of the Bible, From the Beginning to the End, Episode 16.